0: And especially if you're here in the church, we just welcome you here. And we know that we have many of our community that join us online. And it's really difficult sometimes to not see their faces. And so um, sometimes they don't get to see our faces. Maybe one day we'll put a camera on this side. And so they can see all the people that they are missing. But it is good to be with you online. For those of us that are worshipping here for the first time, and if you're joining us because you're visiting family, We pray and hope that you feel welcome. Today is a special day for a number of reasons. It is World Communion Sunday. And it is a day that we celebrate what it means to be the church in the world, celebrating at the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it is also a day that we... We celebrate the beginning of a new season for us—a time of, of stewardship, just kind of reflecting on who God is in our lives and what God has given us. And we have the pumpkin patch, and we have—and um, it is really beyond special. But today is also a day that we gather when we remember the tremendous tragedies that people have gone through. And so, can I ask in this moment that before we begin, that we bow our heads and hold a moment of silence. Oh God, the storms of life are raging. The signs of death and devastation Are all around us. In moments like this, we see the human need and are sometimes overwhelmed. Times like this, we can even cast blame or judgment. And in the aftermath of this storm, God, we pray for your calm, your presence your peace, and your strength. Help us pass through the storm and guide all your people safely into the promised land. We pray, Lord God, that for those that have deep challenges today and are overwhelmed by what tomorrow brings, that you would be their strength that the goodness of your love would surround them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so friends, today, as I said, we have Communion Sunday, which is an invitation for us to celebrate um, all over the world with communion. So part of our liturgy today, and that's why every now and again, it's just wonderful to celebrate with the whole church because there comes a time where we get to be part of a liturgy that many churches in the world will be using. And so today, part of our liturgy was sent to us through the United Methodist Church. So our other brothers and sisters in Christ will celebrate in the same way today. And so... Let us join together as we prepare for that. God of dreams and visions, open us to your word today. Give us a spirit of generosity to equip your children around the world with tools to build up peace, justice, and righteousness. Today, as we receive your holy meal, fill us with the energy of a runner, ready to share your vision of love and grace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be reading to you two passages of scripture. And the first comes from Habakkuk two, as we read verses one to four. I will take my post I will position myself on the fortress. I will keep watch to see what the Lord says to me and how he will respond to my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write a vision and make it plain upon a tablet so that a runner can read it. There is still a vision for the appointed time. It testifies to the end It does not deceive. If it delays, wait for it. For it is surely coming. It will not be late. Some people's desires are truly audacious. They don't do the right thing, but the righteous person will live honestly. And our second reading comes from Psalm 37. Don't get upset over evildoers. Don't be jealous of those who do wrong because they will fade fast like grass. They will wither like green vegetables. Trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land and farm faithfulness. Enjoy the Lord and he will give you what your heart asks. Commit your way to the Lord Trust him. He will act. And will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like high noon. Be still before the Lord and wait for him. Don't get upset when someone gets ahead, someone who invents evil schemes. Let go of anger and leave rage behind. Don't get upset, it will only lead to evil, because evil doers will be eliminated, but those that hope in the Lord, they will possess the land. Friends, we come now to a moment as we prepare for worship, and part of our communion invitation is to recognize that communion is different all over the world. And as part of that, we will receive in our communion meal different bread today. And so I've asked a couple of people to help us bring the bread forward. And those that are bringing the bread to the altar, if you will join me here and stand with me for the call to worship. If you will come forward, please. And if you will join me. Would you stand with us, please? So God declared to the prophet Habakkuk, there is still a vision for the appointed time. Today, we gather in this time and place to praise God, to celebrate Holy Communion with Christians around the world and receive a special offering for young leaders. And together we say we come today trusting in god one voice we come today delighting in god we come today committing to the way of god we come today ready to worship in the fullness of god's community we come today ready to build up peace justice and righteousness amen on the table thank you so much thank you thanks Pam thank you and now we come in celebration of worship thanks Michael
1: So this is the day that the Lord has made. We will
2: rejoice, rejoice and be glad in
1: it. Notice I hold my head down a little bit. I'm going to try it again. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. done yet. I'm really not done yet. But if this is the day that the Lord has made, you look like you're sad about it. But the song said, let us rejoice and be what? Okay, we had an experience just a few days ago. It could have been worse. Is that amen? Now, if you know that and you know that you're safe in the arms of God, will you rejoice and be glad with us because this is the day that who made? Well,
2: this is the day
1: Tell you a secret. It's not a secret after I tell you, is it? I actually don't need any help to praise the Lord. I don't need any help. I can do this all by myself. You know why? Because He's done so much for me. So it makes me get excited all by myself. You should hear me in my car. You should hear me at home sometimes. I came out one day, I was cutting the Lord and I was singing like crazy and I had an audience. And that's just how it goes. Because God is just too good for me to waste time, you know? The next song I'd like to do for you, and you will sing it with me once you learn it. It's the scripture that says, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. How many believe that he loved the world? That's why he gave his only son. Amen.
2: For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whosoever believe will not perish, they shall have eternal life.
1: I shall have. To This morning. So here's a song I know we all know, and if we don't, we need to start this whole thing over again. (laughs) Blessed Assurance, here we go. Blessed Assurance,
2: Jesus is God.
3: Lisa, and if you'll join with me for this morning's prayer. <coughs> Lord, you are our source of unity and strength. In our longing for wholeness, we reach out to your son, whose touch heals our brokenness. In our yearning for community, we take hold of the promise of Christ, whose life and love binds us together as one. Jesus prayed that we might be one in the spirit and one in mission in union and communion with each other and with you. And today, God, we confess our failures in accomplishing unity. As we set aside yet another day to remind ourselves of the task, free us from lives of separation and distrust. Knit us into one family as we take this time to worship you this morning. On this World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to recognize your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Let the differences between us fade away as we see your face in each other's. Lord, help us to see where there are needs and step in to fill the gap. We especially pray for those affected by the recent storms. Help them to see you in the midst of their chaos. Give us a heart big enough to love your children everywhere. Give us a mind to accept and celebrate our differences. We thank you this morning for setting a table with space enough for all of us. We pray all of this in your son's name as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: Lisa's just returned from a trip um, overseas. She's just been to Africa, and it's really good to have her back with us today. She's just been to my home country. How crazy is that? Friends, we come to a moment now to receive the offering, and I invite the stewards to wait upon us for our offering. Just as we do, a couple of things that I'd like to speak about in the life of our church. Um, Today, we will be having a baptism and a re-baptism out at Hollywood Beach. Um, You can speak to Pastor Payton afterwards. She's at the back if you'd like to join us and celebrate with those um, that will be Some remembering their baptism, and others a baptism for the first time. I know many of you have said, what can we do as a church to provide relief for those that have been so terribly affected by the storm? We did send out some correspondence in this week through our bishop's office um, and through our district office. The information is there. If you'd like to have more, I know that Pastor Lisa will be able to provide you with information. Um, So if you're wanting to help and be part of that relief, Won't you please come and speak to us? There's lots going on in the life of the church. As you know, you probably would have noticed that our dear Anne is not here today because she is ill, um, and we just pray that God would just heal her as she's not well. There is a full bulletin here for you. You can read up on the events of the church and what's happening in the life of the church. And if you need more info, of course, speak to Anne because she knows it all. (laughs) Thank you so much, Becky. Let us, won't you come forward? Thank you so much. Thank you. And so let us pray for the offering as we receive it today. In the great thanksgiving, We declare in remembrance of your mighty acts in Jesus, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and a living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Holy God, as we present our offerings to you today, we pray that you will join them with the gifts of other United Methodist churches. Bless and multiply them to partner with vision bearers and dream casters through this World Communion Sunday, through the scholarships and training opportunities. Give these young leaders strength and wisdom to share Christ's grace and love throughout the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so friends, today as we gather at the beginning of a new month, I can't quite believe it's October. I don't know about you, but when October comes, I feel as if December has arrived. And it might be because the Christmas decorations have arrived, but it just, it feels like it is downhill from here. The year just almost disappears. It's a new month. It is a new season. It is a a new moment for us, even in the life as a congregation. So part of what we've been speaking about for the last couple of weeks is beginning to reflect on what does it mean to to be a church in stewardship of all that God has given us. And so today, as we begin this next month, we're going to be focusing on on various subjects every single week in the month of October. And today we have a look at what does it mean to be in community. And that really is the essence of why we get to celebrate communion. Because communion is about community. It is about sharing in oneness. It is about celebrating one loaf. It is about speaking about the one cup. It is about discovering our unity, and our connectedness. What does it mean to be a people that is together? When we really search the essence of our lives as Christians, we discover that we are in fact created for community. We have never been created to be outside of community. We are born into community in a family, And our lives, particularly in the church and in the Christian expression, is always one of community. And so what does that mean on this World Communion Sunday, to be a church that is brave enough to put community first? So when traditionally, we always, as the church, look at October as our stewardship month. That's just what we do and what we prepare for. The one thing that people have spoken to me about from the moment, before I arrived, in fact, was the pumpkin patch. And I got to experience a little bit of that pumpkin patch. I never knew that truck was so long. Okay, and like people were, you know, it's sort of, they disappeared. You know, they were so far back in that track, um, and they disappeared, and it's like, it kind of, they came walking out, and it just took forever, okay, really, really long, but everybody spoke to me about, it's the best day ever, because people come from everywhere, and we had Sea Scouts, is that right? C-cadets, okay, um, because you've got to help me out on this one, okay? And we had seek cadets and we had scouts, and we had tons of people pitch. But the, probably the person that excited me the most was a young guy. And it's really because he was big enough now to get in the truck. <laughs> and when I say young, he was probably about 12. And he'd been coming to the pumpkin patch for a number of years. But this year, his mother said, you can get in the truck. And and then, you know, so so the whole sense is that really we were outside the building. That did not escape me yesterday. You know, so much of what we were doing was outside the building. And the level of excitement and joy that the, the congregations speak about when they speak about the pumpkin patch is it really is a display of what the church looks like when it's outside the building. And somehow, everybody was invited, everyone. And it didn't matter who you were who, or where you came from or, quite frankly, what you were wearing, but what was also special was the different people were like, I'm going to show you how long I've been here for. And so I saw amazing T-shirts being worn, okay, from, from the many different years in the life of the church. And it was, it was really spectacular. And it is something that we must celebrate What does it mean to be in community? What are the things that we do that make people feel like they belong? Because the symbols of our faith are actually community. There is a oneness, there is a unity to who we are. And we really speak about that in communion. And so as part of the legacy that we pass on from generation to generation... And it didn't escape me that I think it was Gretchen. I think you had on the 40-year T-shirt of New Horizon. We know that when we reflect on what does it mean to be a generation, it is about 40 years. And somehow we speak from generation to generation. We pass on legacies. And that's really what this, this moment of celebrating stewardship and of communion is we pass on from this generation to the next, a legacy and a tradition. And so we are called into community. Now, I know that community looks very different for us today because we have different ways of connecting. One of the things that social media has achieved is it's actually made the world connect with one another. It's a very powerful tool. It's also brought about tremendous negativity. terrible challenges in our world, but it does connect us, and so we focus on what does it mean to be community, and I want to speak about four passages today, in the next few minutes, on how we focus on being in community, and so the first comes from Philippians, and I'm going to read one passage at a time, and I'm going to speak to that today, so the first passage is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 6. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. If you could take it back there, thanks, Nick. We'll just just stay on the first um, passage for now. I am sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay to complete the job. When we celebrate community, what we celebrate in the essence of this passage is it's not over till it's done. You remember that Paul was writing to the church. He was writing to the church in Philippi, preparing them for uncertain times. We know that Paul was writing probably from his prison cell. And the church was confused. The church was not sure about what would the future be of the worshipping people who called themselves the people of the way, who were following Jesus of Nazareth, who would they become? And so the word of encouragement in a time of confusion, in a time of pressing into what is and who it is that God is shaping us, is really the statement that says, I am sure that the one who started the good work will do it till completion in the name of Jesus Christ. And so if we ever wonder about the future, perhaps you're sitting at this moment wondering about your own life, your own future. I know that some people, I've been reading a lot on Facebook and reading um, quite a bit in in newspapers, many people have been thrown into turmoil just from this week's storm. Many people. And they, they are so broken by what the future brings and i know those people are christians some of them are even ministers so so they are struggling and we are called even in times of uncertainty to hold to the truth that god will complete the work because god has started the work and so we hold that as a church is that we remain faithful in who and what God has called us to do, but ultimately we trust not in our own understanding, but in who God is. One of the things that we're wanting to do during this month is that we want to make sure that this month is saturated in prayer. Because ultimately, it is not just our plans and purposes, but it is what God wills for our church. And so part of what we've invited you to do is journey with us through this prayer series called Dynamite Prayer. It is, and it's called Dynamite Prayer because ultimately it relies not on our own power, but on the dunamis, the power of God's Spirit. And so we call you all to, as our journey together as a church, as we're discerning where God is leading us into this next generation, that we actually confirm that God has begun a work and God will complete the work. And let us seep this time in prayer. I don't know about you, but I I speak to a lot of people, and, and people around us are searching for answers in a world that is often creating uncertainty. But ultimately, if we find ourselves focused on God, we know that this scripture will hold us. God started the work, therefore God will finish the work. It is not over till it's done. And I don't know about you, God's work is not done yet. The second passage I'd like to focus on is is another passage. We're going to only be dealing with Philippians this morning. Philippians chapter 2. God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his godly purpose. God is the one who enables you to want and to live out your good purpose. I have traveled in Miami, as I've explained to you, the last two weeks, because that's just the way it has been. I'm really excited to have maps installed in my phone. When we were coming home, Leslie and myself, we went out on Friday afternoon. You know, I don't know if any of you have noticed these highways get confusing. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure what people are thinking about when they design highways. You know, like, you know, like you get the 595 that becomes the one that becomes the 826 and then, you know, and, and, and. And, and, and. And I have, many of you have told me, I don't go to Miami. (laughs) Many of you, many, many of you. You know, and many of you said, whatever you do, don't go downtown Miami. (laughs) Well, guess what? I don't know how I got downtown Miami. (laughs) I got downtown Miami. (laughs) Okay, and, and you know when you're downtown, you know, everybody knows when they're downtown because the gas stations look different. <laughs> it actually looks like that all over the world, by the way. Okay. So there is one thing that this this phone does. It says rerouting, rerouting. You know, and it's and I get really, I was thank goodness it's rerouting. You know. So I want to say to you today. Maybe God needs to reroute your life. <laughs> Because, you know, it's only when we get lost that we need to be rerouted. You know, and sometimes we don't even know that we lost because we're not plugged into the source. And I know that when I've lost signal, sorry, Ben, I've moved too far. I know that when I've lost signal, okay, that then I'm really not sure if God can reroute. And, and you know, one of the things that the the first part of this passage that I read to you today was like, God's going to complete the work, but we've got to stay connected to God. And maybe God needs to reroute for you today. I don't know. I don't know what's in your life, what's going on, but don't be afraid of rerouting. I have learned to trust that map with my entire life. <laughs> and it has got me back to Cooper City every time.
2: <laughs>
0: every time. On oh, different roads. <laughs> I mean, like, if there was just one road to Cooper City, I'd be happy. God is the one who enables you to want and finish the good purpose he has set in your life. And, you know, I think that we need to revisit that as a church. Are we plugged into God? Are we as a church fully dependent on God? You know, are we as a church believing that God wants to finish a good purpose that God has started for this next generation? I've been working over the last couple of weeks, myself and Peyton, I've been working with with the families of young people in our church, and God is rerouting us, and we need to stay focused to that good purpose that God has set for us. The one thing that the Christian church mustn't do is ever lose hope, and that is the greatest temptation. Is where things are changing, and there are many challenges facing us in the United Methodist Church at the moment. We've got to stay focused to God is in control. God will get it done. And that we need to in- allow God to enable the work and good purpose through us. You know the one thing that destroys God's good purpose is when we gossip. We have a wonderful word in South Africa called go- for gossip. We call it skinner. We like, when we skinner about each other. You don't have that word in, 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 in the English here. Yeah. But it is ultimately when we bring other people down. God wants us to hold one another up. And that's part of how we build the kingdom. The third passage I'd like to speak about is another one from Philippians chapter 2, verses 13. I can endure all things through the power of the one who gives me strength. I can endure all things. In in 2008, you'll remember, there was this devastating economic crash. You remember that? It affected many people's lives. When I was at Grace Point in South Africa, we were in the middle of a building project. It was a 100 million rand building project. It was really big. It was big in everyone's standard. And we were, you know, you can imagine what that was like. You, you committed, in, and as a con- congregation, you've just been through a massive building project. And it's very difficult when you're in a building project to figure out who you trust for that money. Because ultimately, the money sits in the pockets of the congregation. But you have to trust God for that. It's a really, really test of your faith. And I've seen that and witnessed that the last couple of months. So while we were praying, you can imagine all the signs. There's an economic crash. You can't begin a building project. That's insane. Well, we did begin a building project. And we were led to begin that building project. And the person that was leading that project financially, I remember the night. It was a Monday evening, and we were all together. And he made, we made the call as a body to begin the building project. On Tuesday morning, his daughter took a flight in a small airplane and all her and her colleagues were tragically killed. It was, it was probably one of the most devastating moments. She just qualified as an accountant. I think, um, I'm not too sure, uh, you know, she was doing her articles and it was the most devastating crash. We had to pick up the pieces we had to identify her body. And then we had to figure out, would he be able to hold that position in the midst of tragedy and loss? Over the next six years, we would learn what bravery really was about. Because right throughout that time, he remained faithful to guiding us until completing that project. I don't think the word enduring is a simple word. I don't think the word enduring is something that just gets us to the other side. I think enduring is moments where our faith is tested to the uttermost. It is the moment where often the world, the foundations beneath us come crashing down. But it is the moment where we choose either to discover the power of the one who gives us strength or not. And so when nothing else makes sense, we are called to endure. For the rest of my life, I remember the challenges of a building campaign, but I will never forget the faith of someone who in his brokenness endured. Our brokenness and enduring in our brokenness gives one another strength. And that's what community is about. Do you know when Jesus says on the cross, It is finished? Can you imagine right in the moment before he died, he declared, It is finished? It really should have been over, but that's really where it started. It is in our enduring sometimes our greatest tragedy that we declare it is finished to discover a new kind of strength. And then the last thing today I'd like to speak about. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and I miss, who are my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord. And so that's the final thing that Paul says to the Philippian church. Stand firm. I think there are brave people that live in places where life is uncertain. Over the last couple of weeks, and certainly in this last week, I have seen a display of bravery amongst people that live here. There are brave people. And we as the church have to remain firm. You know, when, when everything else vacillates, there must be something that remains firm. As a Methodist church, we have this wonderful, wonderful piece of tradition, and it's called the Methodist quadrilateral. Such a long word. It says there are a couple of things that keep us firm in times of confusion. Number one, go to scripture. Number two, honor tradition. Number three, your experience matters. The richness of our experience is a gift to one another. And number four, reason together. We stand firm when we know whom we trust. We stand firm when we're on our knees. We stand firm when we support one another. We stand firm when we don't give up. And so we stand firm when we come to this table that says here, miracles happen. Let us pray together. For God, we thank you that we don't actually have to imagine whether we are built for community. We truly are. Maybe we just have to be reminded as we keep rediscovering that you are a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. And during this month, as we seek to constantly uncover your plans and purposes for our lives as individuals, for our church. We pray that the presence of your spirit would guide us. Remind us again today that you started the work in us and you're not done. That you will enable us to fulfill your purpose in our lives. That we are more than conquerors because we will endure. Because your power is our strength. And help us stand firm. Even when the storms rage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so friends, we now prepare for communion. And I invite those that will be helping us serve communion. If you will come forward, please. I ask you to just scoot down a bit. Thanks, Joyce. Sorry. So everyone can. The Lord be with you. And with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your heart Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. You are true to who you are, and you reveal to us the glories of your presence. You're a God of love who speaks against oppression and injustice. You're a God of grace who asks us to forgive those who are blind to their privilege even as you invite the world to learn from you. You are the creator God who weaves the beauty of diversity into something fresh and new, the garment of understanding and wonder You call us to follow you out of the familiar and comfortable and to be faithful, calling upon your holy name and trusting in the power of your grace. You invite us to be like Jonah and preach your word in Nineveh, bringing salvation to our historical oppressors. You move our hearts to say with Ruth, wherever you live, that is where i will now live you will be my family your god will be mine i will even die for you buried next to you because you show your mercy to every nation and people upon the earth because you speak every language and you delight in every culture we join in your praise with all the earth Because you have embraced people from every continent, you have walked with all of our ancestors, continuing to hear your praise, even in forgotten languages that are sung continually around your throne, we join in the endless praise, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are holy, and Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Leaving all that was familiar in heaven, Jesus was born into the people and culture of Israel. Jesus was taught the language and the traditions of his family. Jesus worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus came first to the lost sheep of Israel, people of his race, people of his culture. Jesus also shared your grace with Roman oppressors who lynched his people. (coughs) Jesus entered into deep theological discussions with the Samaritan women, breaking cultural taboos and stereotypes. Jesus responded to the needs of of a Syrophoenician woman going against the deeply ingrained prejudices that his society had taught him, Jesus realized that you, O oh God, love the world so much that you wanted everyone to believe, even if it meant personal sacrifice. When culture dictated that the least important was to wash feet, Jesus broke with so- cultural, with social convention. He left the seat of honor took off his robe, and with a towel and a basin in his hands, he knelt and he washed the feet of the one who would betray him. He washed the feet of the one who would deny him. The one who would deny him three times. And the feet of those who would desert him to save their own lives. Jesus invites us to do the same. As an expression of culture, Jesus took the bread And he remembered the historical challenges. Jesus invites us to do the same. He took the bread. He took the cup, saying, take, eat this. This is my body given for you. As an expression of culture, Jesus took the cup and remembered the historical struggles of his people, and he shared it with everyone, saying, Drink with me, all of you. This is the blood poured out as a witness to the divine covenant of forgiveness with you and the whole world. Out of a specific culture, Jesus works cross-culturally to bring salvation to the whole world. Jesus came not just to save his own people, but all people. Jesus came not just to save his own economic class, but all. Jesus came not just to save those of his own gender identity, but of every gender identity. We have testified that this mystery of salvation is found in Jesus Christ and is for all. When we say, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Cross-cultural dancer, wind of change, use these simple gifts of bread and wine to become for us the body and blood of Christ's source of your transforming power. Cross-cultural dancer, wind of change, use these simple gifts of our lives, our culture, our faithfulness, and our dreams to become for this world, the church, the authentic body and devoted bride of Christ, source of your transforming power cross-cultural wind of change be with all of those called to cross the social boundaries of race and culture to bodily go where once your grace could send them give them the courage to accept your challenge to pick up their cross and to follow you use their faithfulness to set the captives free to restore the sight to the blind to liberate the oppressed and to share the good news of the availability of your grace to and for all. Be blessed by the presence of Christ. Be blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be blessed by the creativity of divine inspiration who will continually receive all our glory, thanks, and praise. Amen. Die Wahrnehmung. Evalu- Friends, those that will be serving communion with you, let me just give you thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, River. You got it. Here we go. <coughs> so, friends, we are invited now to share in communion. We invite you to go to the station that is really close to your chair. And this is really a moment where communion will probably be different for us today. And it is really a time where we eat differently and we remind ourselves that we are part of the world today. And so let's celebrate that God loves every single one of us. Won't you come and draw near with faith? if you did take the little cup back to your chair um, we do have the baskets up in the front if you wanted to pop that back a really interesting invitation to you there is A little bit of bread left, because obviously we had more bread than usual today um, for our service, and if you'd like to take that bread home with you, please come up and take that. You might just feel that that's how you'd like to celebrate your lunch today, as we um, just celebrate really what it means that God keeps actually sustaining us and restoring us. So let's stand together. join us for some eats in the fellowship um, just next door in the mission building. I just want to thank the worship team In, in a really challenging week. You guys really led us incredibly and to the choir, thank you so much and to everyone you know Let me tell you, if you only knew what Janice does for this church, oh my word, Janice, I know you're probably like, oh no, don't do that, but Janice, like, oh, thank you, God, for you, and um, thank you, and just for everyone in the back, it was Nick's birthday, by the way, this week, he turned 18, so thank you, and in case you see Ken wielding a stick, all right, he was driven over in Costco seriously, and we're so grateful for you with us, Ken. So everyone that is involved in the service today that's been part of this week, thank you so much. And so we bless each other with a benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.